0: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you, as a parent, gain a deeper relationship with your team. On today's episode, Mark Grixton answers the number one question that parents are asking right now. Let's hear the question and Mark's answer.
1: Someone wrote in this past week and they asked me an amazing question that I hope I can give them a a, a perfect answer uh, that might confuse them a little bit more and get them thinking. But people always ask me this question, how do I love my, how do I love my child? How do I love my teen? And this lady writes and says, I love your podcast. I'm trying to figure out my daughter's love language. She's very hard to talk to, so it's hard to figure out how to love her the way that she needs. I'd love to hear your advice. Thank you very much. Okay. Can I, I'm going to weave a couple of things together and uh, two stories. This is, this is one of the stories. Um, Many of you know that I started a program called Heartlight. It's a residential counseling center where we take in kids who are struggling and having a tough time and they come and live with us for a period of time. And, and um, I live with 65 high school kids. Uh, we started the program in 1988, so that's a long time ago, and a lot of kids ago, so we've had over 3,000 kids live with us, which has really been the basis for just about everything that I do. Uh, I take all the lessons that I've learned from um, those kids and those families that we've dealt with, and and before you write it off and say, well, no, my kid's never going to be one of those kind of kids, I want to tell you that that the kids that live with us are no different than my kids I would venture to say they're no different than your kids. They're a wonderful group of kids that are making poor decisions or have had something traumatic happen to them, and so they're kind of uh, having a tough time uh, making poor choices. So they live with us. Okay, when we started the program, we hired on a lady, uh, a young lady, to come work for us, and she took care of our horses, and she became a dear, dear friend. Well, anyway— we, when we celebrated our uh, 25th anniversary, uh, she came to our celebration, and we had it here at Heartlight. Um, uh, we had different singers come in, and a huge fireworks display, and a concert in the town of Longview, and, and then a big celebration at Heartlight. And, and it was just pretty big, and it was amazing. She walked up to me, and she showed me a picture of the first group of staff that we had along with... The kids that we had. And I'm standing there looking at that. Now it's 25 years later uh, that the, the picture's 25 years old. And I look at it and I realize immediately that I am wearing the same shirt that I wore in that picture 25 years ago. Now, you have to know this. My wife is always on me to get rid of shirts, get new shirts, get rid of this, get rid of that. I mean... Recently uh, as of just a few days ago, she dug through my closet, pulled out shirts that she, she didn't think that I needed anymore and this is the crazy thing. She somehow thought it was okay to put my jeans in um, my jeans uh, that I wear uh, that I wear with my boots and you can't wear anything else but jeans with boots. And she puts those in the garage sale. And then she walks up to me and says, Hey, some lady just came by and bought 30 some shirts and all your jeans. And I go, what do you mean? All my jeans. She goes, well, I sold your jeans. Go, what do you mean you sold my jeans? You can't buy those jeans anymore. I bought 20 pair of them so that I could have them forever and ever and ever. And she sold them. That's a whole other story. I'm sure it'll be a whole other podcast when I let you know, the results of the divorce proceedings. I'm joking. I'm joking. But nonetheless, she keeps telling me to get rid of shirts and stuff. And so here I am holding on to something that I've had forever, holding on to something that I thought looked good, that felt right, something that I embraced, something that I loved, and something that I knew and something that I was comfortable with. I held on to it for 25 years. Okay, let me go to the second story here. Uh, we wanted our program um, to be on a group called Moody Radio, and Moody Radio is a, a, a fantastic uh, radio group, and and so we're on a number of their stations. And uh, Matter of fact, we recorded at the Moody uh, Studios in um, Chicago at Moody Bible Institute for probably eight or nine years, so I'd always fly to Chicago and and we get in in different booths and um, sit there and record. We did all of our programs there. And um, so they came to me once and they said, "Would you like to be on Gary Chapman's Doctor Gary Chapman's uh, Relationship Hour?" I think that's the name of the of the uh, of the show. And I said, "Sure, I'd love to do that." And 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 they said, "Okay, you're going to be in Studio B. Chris Fabry, the fellow who is the host, a wonderful wonderful fellow." Uh, he's going to be in Tucson, and Gary is somewhere, somewhere in North Carolina. So I walk into the studio, and during one of our breaks from recording the Parenting Today's Teens radio program, and they hand me a script, and and I said, "What's this?" I go, "Well, it's a script." Gary likes to have everything kind of lined out, and I said, "Why well, don't I don't do scripts?" Uh, as you can tell from the podcast, now, I'm I'm not sitting there reading something to you. And I, I said, I oh, don't do scripts. It just doesn't work well. And so Gary likes to do scripts, and he wants everything scripted out, so that's what we're going to do. And I said, hey, it's his program. We can do it. So they cue music. Music comes on. Chris Fabry goes, um, hey, folks, welcome to the Relationship Hour, if that's what it was called. Um, uh, and here's our host, got Dr. Gary Chapman. And Gary comes on and says, folks, we have a special guest today. It's Mark Gregston he's going to be sharing with you tips about teens. Mark, how are you? And the minute he said that, I look at the script and and I'm supposed to read, I am fine. How are you? He goes, I'm well, I bet you you're wearing boots. And I read on the script, yes, I'm wearing boots. And I mean, we did this for 10 minutes. It just kept going over and over and over again. And finally, at the end of it, I go, wait, 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 wait. I I can't do this anymore. I hate scripts. And I said, Gary, I need to ask you a question. Now, for those of you who don't know who Gary Chapman is, he wrote a book in 1995 called The Five Love Languages. And what I have found is that everywhere I go to speak, everybody in almost every church that I've been in can tell you what the five love languages are. It's kind of a coined phrase that that he um, discovered. And so that's why this lady is asking me the question. Hey, I need to find out my child's love language, and and Gary says that love lang- the love languages are words of affirmation and quality time, um, uh, gifts, acts of service, and touch, and and so anyway, I I go okay, but that's not me, you know, because I I don't really have any time to give you, and I I. I I, I don't really believe in words of affirmation because once you do some things publicly, you you hear a little bit of both, and so I leave them alone. I don't really want any gifts. I have enough stuff, and as I said in a garage sale, my wife's trying to get rid of all of our stuff. I don't want you to come mow my yard as an act of service. I enjoy mowing my yard, so I don't need you to do that, and I don't want you to touch me. And so those aren't my five love languages, okay? So with that... Here we are in 10 minutes into this radio program with Gary. I make a comment and I say, Gary, I have a question for you. And Chris kind of jumped in and said, Mark, let's, let's kind of stay with what we were talking about. I said, no, no, no I think everybody's going to want to hear the answer to this question. Gary, do you think there are more than five love languages? And he kind of stopped and he said, well, I, you know, I, I, I think I've encapsulated them all in these five. And I said, well, we used to think there were just nine planets. And, um, (laughs) I said, Jupiter's in, Jupiter's out, Jupiter's in, Jupiter's out. I mean, we discovered Jupiter in 1935. And, and so some people called it a planet, some didn't, some, you know, it's all this stuff on and on. And I said, do you know how many planets have been discovered, you know, since 1995, when your book first came out, do you know how many? He says, no, I don't have any idea. And I said, over 5,000, over 5,000 planets. Well, n- needless to say, they've never had me back on their program. <laughs> so, and of course, I embellish the story just a little bit. But here's the thing. You and I have grown up believing that there's five love languages, and we've limited it to what we've been told. It's kind of like when uh, Gary Smalley, a good friend of ours, said that everybody's either a beaver, otter, a lion, or a golden retriever. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not those. Or maybe somebody says, you know, what's your ideogram? What is it? You know, and they come up with it. Or, wait a minute, am I blue, green, red, or... Or am I, maybe I'm caloric or maybe I'm, everybody's always coming up with a way to try to say, how can we tell what kind of people these are and what kind of personality types do they have? Sometimes it drives me nuts because every one of us would say that our fingerprints are as unique and we are wonderfully and uniquely made And yet, when we try to figure out personalities, we try to put everybody in the same boat or the same categories. Are you following me? Sometimes I think the things that we've learned in our life are as old as the shirt that I was wearing. And we become comfortable with it, and we like it, and we like the smell of it, and we like the feel, and it's something that we can encompass, and it's something we understand. I think we've come to a point that maybe somebody needs to hang some of these shirts out on a rack and get rid of them in a garage sale. Because if we try to limit our kids to just those five love languages, we may miss it altogether. You know what? Those aren't my five love languages. They're not, you know, I I don't know whether they're women's love languages and men's. I know I know men have a love language, it's sarcasm. Men can talk to one another sarcastically and really communicate a great sense of love. They can speak in ways that 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 are cutting and and it's just the way guys talk. And I don't feel like I'm trashing somebody or offending them. I feel like we're engaging. And it's just a way to do it. I think competition is another man's love language. But I can tell you what my love languages are. And I've thought about this quite a bit. My love languages are this. I want to be defended by those people that I've been loyal to. You know, there's no way that somebody can love me more than stand up for me and say, uh, Mark wouldn't say that. No, that's not the way Mark feels. You know, I've never seen Mark uh, make a comment or display a comment like that. No, I don't believe that to be true. You know, when my wife defends me, um, it's probably one of the greatest ways that she can display her love to me, that she stands up and goes, no, that's not right. No, I mean, she kind of blew it a little bit by selling all my jeans, but we'll work through that and get to a better spot. (laughs) <laughs> but there's a part of it that, that that's just who I am, and that's how I feel love for whatever reason there is. And the second love language that I have is this. I want to be invited. I'm not going to show up, I promise, but I want to be invited. Because that means something to me. It's somebody, It means that somebody thought of me, that they valued me. And when somebody says, I'd like to invite you to something, It makes all the difference in the world to me. Those are my two loved languages. They're not the five other loved languages that everybody knows. And so I would share with you this. I think there's 5,000 different loved languages. I think there's so many that the challenge that most parents have is to try to figure out which one belongs to my child and how can I make sure that I'm loving them in a way that touches their heart and moves them closer and closer to me, so we have a deeper and deeper relationship, not only during their teen years, but in the years ahead, the day they get married, the day they have their first child, the day that that I embrace being a grandpa, the day that I'm taking my teen grandchildren out to do something. That's the kind of uh, love that I want to have from them because I have loved them the way that they long to be loved. It's not what I think it needs to be; it's what they feel in their hearts is the best way to love them. So I'm I'm going to give you four things here, and so this is really the answer to the question. Um, you know, when a mom says, "I'm trying to figure out my daughter's love language," here it is. The first thing is this: ask. You know what I would do? I would say, hey, a a man once said that the five love languages are these things. What do you think? And I would text that to your child. Do it right now. Stop the podcast and just text it to him and say, here's the five love languages. Do these apply to you? Are these how you're loved? What is the best way that I can love you? Do you feel love from me? What is it about me that takes away love from you? What are the things that I do that make you feel unloved? How can I love you better? How would you like to be loved? See what I'm getting at? I don't know. I really don't know. And whatever they say during their preteen years, it's going to change during their teen years. So I've got to kind of start all over. And so the encouragement is I need to ask. Remember the scripture that says this, you have not because you ask not. Could that apply to the way that we love our kids, that maybe we're not loving them the right way? Perhaps you're showering them with gifts. And they don't really care about gifts. Or maybe you're inviting them to everything. <laughs> they, they don't want to go. <laughs> They're not like me. So that'd be the first thing. The second thing I would tell you this. The first one's ask. The second one is observe. You know, and I would sit down with my child and I'd go, you know what? This is what I see that lights you up. And then you, you do whatever lights them up all the time that you can tell that... That you have made an impact on them in some way. I mean, it's almost a shock to them that, that you would know those things. You know, sometimes I think birthday cards are written by somebody else, and we just find one and give it to somebody. Until they find that special one that's written from you, and then you say the words that need to be said because you have observed them, you've watched them, you've you've asked them questions, you know, th- throughout uh, their lifetime. You know how they're loved because you have seen it with your own eyes. The third thing I would tell you is um, experiment a little bit. You know, your love languages may not be your child's love languages. If you think it's quality time, they may think that's the way that you're hating them is by wanting to spend more time. Or you come up and hug them because you feel like your love language is, is touch. And you go up and touch them, and they go, just, God, leave me alone, will you? Don't touch me. So sometimes in our attempts to offer a child what we think is best for them may be the very thing that is offending them and pushing them away. So the first thing is ask. Don't hesitate to ask, how can I love you better? The second thing is make sure that you're observing The third thing is to experiment. Try different things. You know, try just try something different. Love them differently. Sit down and and go, how can I love my child differently? And the fourth thing is this do something. Act. Do something. Don't just sit back and try to figure it out. Don't just don't observe them all the time. Don't ask questions, but act and do something. You know, I, I, my dad died a couple of months ago and, um, and it's really gone around in my head over and over and over. I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you what his love language was. He was 96 years old. Um, I've known him for 67 years. I couldn't tell you what his love language is. And no matter what I would do to try to, you know, uh, Fulfill his love language to let him know that he's loved. I mean, throughout my life, giving him things, spending time. Let's go fishing. Let's go to a baseball game. Um, Here's some clothes. Let's go to the gym. Um, Whatever those things are. I'll mow the yard for you. I'll spend some time. I'll come see you. Whatever those things are. He just never, never responded and 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 part of me it's almost kind of sad that uh that somebody doesn't know what their love language is, but I'm convinced of this that some people are incapable of that, but that doesn't mean that you don't keep loving them. and so that would be my encouragement, even if you can't figure out what your child's love language is, the mere fact that you're attempting to do something, is showing them that your heart is good. Your actions may not be productive, but your heart is good. And so to this mom that says, I'm trying to figure out my daughter's love language. She's very hard to talk to. So it's hard to figure out, uh, you know, how to love her the way that she needs. Okay, ask, observe, watch her with other people. Experiment. Try some. See what lights are up. And then act. Make sure you're doing something. Hey, this is Mark Gregston. It's been good spending time with you today.
0: Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit ParentingTodaysteens.org, HeartlightMinistries.org, or markgreigston.com. And don't forget that if you want to hear Mark answer more of your questions, you could subscribe to I Mustache Mark a Question on Apple Podcasts. It's just $2.99 a month or $29.99 a year with new episodes dropping every Friday. We'll be back here on Monday for another great episode. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you then.